What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, and your auditory canals are tuned into episode 99 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, we've got my partners in crime. We got Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much, everybody. Uh, it's been a while, but we are happy to be back. Uh, getting close to our 100th episode, and we've, we're so happy that you've been uh, with us this long. So please stay tuned for a little later. We're talking a little bit about our uh, what we got planned uh, for our 100th episode. So again, thank you for joining, and please stay tuned. Indeed, indeed. And of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, brother? Not much. Glad to be back uh, and recording. I've been off both this show and GH Radio, the other show I'm on, so, on that. So I've been uh, dealing with the family issue, but everything's kind of stabilizing a little bit with my dad. So, yeah. Appreciate everyone's patience out there and understanding uh, about it. So, but uh, I'm back on board and we're ready to go. So, indeed, indeed. And of course, as always, the first thing, the first topic on our docket is the playlist. So, Des, we'll come, why don't you let, we'll let you kick this off this time? What you been playing? I've honestly been playing two games, and they're the games that, I don't know, something about it. Uh, they're not, you know, next-gen, quote, well, I guess they kind of are next-gen games for the PS4. Uh, well, not the last one that I've been playing, but I have been uh, I have been just loving the Kingdoms of Amalar, the Re-Reckoning. Uh, I owned it before, I plunked down some money and bought it again, and it has been just fantastic. I'm just having a bunch of fun. I played the first one. Well, I played the, the the original one. I bought it, played it on Xbox, I think it was. And I played the crap out of it. Loved it. Um, don't quote me on playing on Xbox, but I think I did. I'm not really sure. But uh, either one of the platforms, maybe PS3. I don't know. Anyway, sold it back. GameStop has it now or someone, some other listener, hopefully. You know, if you have my game, let me know in the comments. Um, <laughs> my Kingdoms of Amalur, Reckoning. Um, but no, I've uh, been playing it, gotten getting a lot farther in it than I did the first time. The game is really, it can be overwhelming, um, and I just, I, I just really, I'm having a blast with it. Is it the best remaster? No, it's not. You know, uh, but but there's certain games that, um, you just play because the art style doesn't really. It had a, it had an art style that 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 aged really well in my opinion um and the game the the actual action rpg aspect of it fantastic the the like you would each in of the individual three classes i mean there's different there's no real classes it's an open form uh free form kind of a kind of structure but however you want to build your character is fun wizards are are ta- the, the wizards are like wizards are like battle wizards you know Warriors can be, you can do whatever you want in the world, create your own destiny, I guess. But but it has been a really fun game, and that's been my kind of go-to game uh, when I just want to play solo. Um, and the game that I've been playing uh, for 
for like my multiplayer with Joe mostly has been Warframe. I know we spoke about that before, but I don't know what happened. Like it, it just seems like the systems in place now or what I'm feeling or writing or, or what I'm playing now just just seems to work. It 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 it's clicking on all cylinders. I understand what I'm what I'm doing. Um I don't know. The the game feels good. It plays good. There's a little stuttering every so often when I when I connect when I connect in, in certain um in certain instances or when I'm playing certain uh certain missions. But it's just been a fun game. Um and and I've just really enjoyed what I what I've been playing with. Uh what I've been playing and it's been making a lot of fun playing playing with Joe as well. It seems like Joe's really into the game as well. And so you know, yeah. and uh, Jason, Jason of Surging Fire, uh, is has been really, uh, um, really instrumental in helping us kind of get over that, that, that really, um, I don't want to say strict, but that really kind of like aggressive learning curve that you have to get through. You know, and it's just um, once you kind of, one, one, it's like you have a click in your in your head. It's like, aha, I'm supposed to be doing this. Then it kind of makes sense. Plus, there's a ton of wikis out there now for where you should farm, what you should do, and it just seems like the 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 grind element of it is is not is not terrible. Granted, we are definitely not in in-game territory at all, um, but I've really really been in, been enjoying it, and I think that's a really great segue. But that's the only games that I've been playing. But I think it's a really good segue into what Joe's been playing because I know you know I've been playing you know a lot with Joe. So Joe, I. I know um, playing uh, Warframe has been is on your list of your playlist. Like, what about it ha- has really kind of kept drawing you into it? You know, what 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 what's keeping you you know firing up and, and playing with me? It's just a point of uh, just leveling up the Warframes. I got the Rhino War- Warframe and I was able to get that fully leveled. And I really like that one because of the fact that it reminds me of uh, running with a Titan on Destiny. You know, I hate to say it, but it's just bringing back that that kind of uh, you know, flavor a bit, you know, to the gameplay in Warframe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the thing about Warframe too is just, uh, you know, you have certain, you know, game, you fly out to the planet and you know you're going to play a certain type of mission, you know, whether it's a defend mission, whether it's an assault mission. And so it's not, you know, they do have open world sections, but your main impetus is just running down, doing missions, you know, you know, going back up in orbit, uh, you know, messing out with your loadout a little bit, rinse and repeat. You know, there are storylines to kind of complete on there. I got my first, uh, I don't know what you, what's the official name, Des. You might want to help me um, with it. This is like the like little ship that you're able to fly out into space with on there. Or, found... uh, your your war wing or something. Yeah, we don't got called? the, yeah, I mean, Sorry, I'm not Sorry, gonna... the comments let us know what it's called, because we can't, uh... We could Google it, but that's like, you yeah. know, basically it's just something that, you know, because I just arc barely... Wing. It's your arc, arc wing. wing. Yeah, I just it's barely went wing. into space for the first time last night and did that, and it kind of, it was pretty cool. I'm just trying to get used to the gameplay as far as, because you've got different, uh armaments on your arc wing on there that I don't even have any mods for right now, so I'm... And I want to kind of run. That's probably my next thing is to take my arc wing and go try to complete some of the arc wing missions on some of the plants. I've like mostly cleared like Earth and Venus, and also I'm making my way through Mars at the moment. But uh, you know, I'm just getting my feel for the game. I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I'm going to get to the end game and grind necessarily. It's just something that you know we could play. Me and, and you, Des, play socially 
kind of pass the time and uh you know i i like the gameplay loop so you know um but the warframe i mean i'm looking forward to see what it looks like on uh, ps5 too yeah so. yeah when joe told me that it was coming to ps5 you know i was just like i swear these these free-to-play games i i i, I don't know like some of them are just like, you know, the the good ones are like, okay, they're just kind of chugging along, doing their thing. You know, you, it's like, it's like an old faithful. You just kind of, you know, when you want to play it, you play it. When you don't want to play it, you just put it away. I just, you know, if yeah. you want to spend money on it, you spend money on it. It's just, I don't know. And I know the, I, I feel that Warframe and Elder Scrolls Online and ones like that, I, I feel that those are the ones that are kind of doing it right because you kind of do what you want to do with it. And if you want to play it, great. If you don't want to play it, you don't. Um, not to say that um, Final Fantasy XIV with their sub- subscription model isn't good. It's just this is something about that kind of like, I'm going to play the way I want to play it. I'm just going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Well, I don't want to do that right now. I'm going to go do this instead. You know, it's just, you know, you can kind of play when you want and i kind of like that that's a that's a fun little 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 aspect of 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 the of playing of playing these games that i think is really kind of fun so again um you kind of just you know it's up to you to play how you want to play it and do what you want to do if you want to deal with it or not so yeah and that's basically the since we last recorded all i've been playing because uh Basically, almost in a way, I'm using Warframe as a buffer to talk with both uh, you, Des, and you know, if you're on to Kevin, if you're playing something else, talk with you in a group just to kind of decompress after all my issues going on with my family and you know, with my dad, and specifically. So, yeah. On there. But yeah, uh, it's that's all settled down. So I think next episode I'll probably have a little bit more of uh, different games I'm going to be playing, and like Amalur's. You know, I bought that and bought it for Xbox One and the most powerful console ever. Yes, the most powerful console on the market today. Yes. <laughs> All right. The only reason why I bought it for that versus PS4 is I know that I was gonna be able to get the full 4Ks on there, and it's a single-player game, so it's not like I need to party up when I'm playing it per se. So, you know, I'm still I'm still trying to you know. I, get some use out of my xbox on that but we'll talk about that more in the news as far well, as saying, i love that you i love that you're like you know hey i'm considering the i'm considering like you know the xbox you know the xbox i don't know it's like it's like i'm gonna consider the feelings of my xbox you know yeah it's just you know i just want reason <laughs> to play my specific consoles and you know, really, if I wanted the, the highest fidelity, I would have bought the PC version to tell you the God's honest truth. But it's just funny <laughs> that you're just like you know, like I, I I just love how you're thinking about why why you're doing a certain thing or or what yeah what I mean that people do um what is it uh people do all kinds of 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 um well marketers do all kinds of things about why people buy things and and for what reason and I always thought like that would be really cool to see like you know why people choose to buy something on a specific console versus another console and people, you know, kind of really thinking about, you know, what that is. Again, it's just something that, that like, you know, the sociologist to me is kind of like, you know, that'd be very interesting to know. It probably won't change anything because I don't care, but again, it's just, there's, there's more to, you know, you know, the, the, the problem is, is that even though I did buy it and I wanted to play it with the highest fidelity, it's like, because it's on the Xbox, I haven't had an opportunity to fire it up. So it's like, Cause you, you know, cause, it's, cause, it's, cause you just don't, that's the thing. Cause you just don't play it. Like you, you, mul- you, you normally play 
your um your PS4. So that's why yeah. I'm thinking it's like you know, and it's just like if if video games serve serve a purpose, and this is much more of a kind of like not a philosophical, but it's sort of like a much more kind of like um why you do something or why you have something because I know last time we talked about getting the uh, the Series S, you know, versus the Series X, and and having like one be, you know, for specifically for um, uh, digital media, and one being for for physical media, yeah. you know. And I was thinking, okay, you know, that's one way people can justify spending that money, but. But again, that oh. we we can talk more about that during. Um, uh, yeah, we're in, in we're progressing. This is playlist. Yeah. So yeah, Mr. It's, Mr. It's, Kevin, this is fun. Yeah, Kev. What? Oh, sorry, Joe. Do you have anything else you've been playing? Or no, that's that it. That's all I've been playing. So okay. Sorry, I, I just we're having a good conversation because it's been a while. But yeah, yeah, Kev, what have you been playing? For me, it's just been it's been I've I haven't been playing a whole lot of games. I've been doing other stuff. And well, the thing that actually was funny is the thing I've been doing the most of is just I've just kind of caught recaught the anime bug, so I've been watching a lot of anime. Uh, game wise, I'm back at uh, it's just been Man Eater and Sekiro. Um, Man Eater is probably going to get a I'm probably going to put that to the side somewhat now that I got my shark at a good place. I'm getting ready to finally leave the first. Uh, the first map. How many maps are there? I don't know, but I've been playing the game. I've been playing the game like it's weird because on the map, I was my whole. I've been doing like a whole bunch of this uh, uh, ancillary stuff because I can't find. I could not find the final stages of the story to to progress me to the next level. So I've just been swimming around, eating stuff, eating stuff, eating stuff, doing, you know, I got involved with the shark hunters, which is a completely optional thing to do. And I've done all of that up to the point where I can't progress in that anymore because I have to be an elder shark in order to do that. So basically my shark is way overpowered for its it, it its current level. Like I'm a level 25 adult, and in the videos that I'm seeing, I should have been an elder like way sooner than way sooner uh, than that. So, well, so I've fun. just been I've just been running swimming around, you know, chomping chomping on stuff and just trying to get to the uh, story parts that will kick me off into the into the you know to continue the story to the to the, an, another map well there's a you there's this they have these grates that you that you have to break that will open up other areas of the map and the one there is a story a story section on the map that's literally hidden behind one of those grates that you have to break and i've been doing all this stuff doing all this stuff and i literally last i like if it wasn't last night it was like the night before last i literally just happened to be looking at my map for not even really thinking about the story icon and i, I was like is that a story icon tucked behind the grate <laughs> so <laughs> 
So oh, okay. Moving my cursor, and it's like I've been looking for this damn thing for I don't know since I don't know how long. So I knocked out two more. Um, there were two more story quick and easy to uh, story things I had to do. I had to take out another apex predator in the area, this giant barracuda. But again, because my shark is overpowered for its for its size, you know, I took him out with no with no issue. So right now, where it stands is I have to go and take on uh, uh, what's his name, Pegleg Pete. No, it's, uh, something Pete. Because the whole game, the premise is of a nature show, like a yeah, revenge, right? You gotta yeah, kill. well, it, it's it's revenge, but the premise of the game, the background of the game, is one of a uh, what do you call that uh, real life, you know, like real life TV like shows, the Crocodile like, Hunter and all them. No, it's not even Crocodile Hunter. It's more like the Deadliest Housewives catch. of Housewives, like oh. one of those Housewives huh. episodes, because there's drama behind all of the non of the of the what what would you call the supporting characters so it's like the real, non shark like, people <laughs> yeah the non yeah the non shark folks so it's the whole premise of it is a drama one of those real life drama shows and which is a really unique perspective so but now that I'm I'm where I need to be I can go ahead and, and finish that last part and move on from there. Uh, I will probably do that, and I'll probably uh, set the game aside since it's going to be coming out. Uh, it's going to be upgraded uh, once next gen starts. It's a free upgrade. So, and, and man, when things get hot and heavy on Maneater, it chugs. Uh, the frame rate becomes really choppy, and I'm playing on the PS4 Pro. Um, I probably should have got this on PC, but you know I didn't. I went on ahead and grabbed it, grabbed the physical copy. Uh, but it it chugs when thing when action gets hot and heavy. Um, it like a few nights ago, I was fighting the second to the last of the shark hunters, and it became literally like a flip book show. Oh wow. It, oh. it 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 that frame rate got so bad and choppy it almost became unplayable it was it was crazy so yeah but it's just been that in Sekiro and and anime um real quick on the anime front uh if you're into anime romantic comedies you got to check out Uzi Chan wants to hang out it that show is hilarious i've been watching it on Funimation and the characters, the, the two main characters, Uzaki-chan and uh, Sakurai, who is the, they're both college students that kind of had interactions in middle school <laughs> on the swim club. And like Sakurai looks like a straight up, like uh, he, he his, his character design is like straight up like, uh yakuza you know got the narrow squinty eyes always looks like he's mean mugging people but he, he's a really nice guy he's just really shy and uzaki uzaki is very short and her character design is she's very top heavy but but what's funny is that that's not they don't the series doesn't play up the that fan service aspect of her it's all about 
their kind of interaction from middle school and then not seeing each other th all throughout high school and kind of meeting up back in call in college. <laughs> it's like all these supporting characters like feel like, oh man, these these two need to be together, but it'll never happen unless we intervene intervene and, and, and interfere. And the situations that that come up in Uzaki John wants to hang out are just freaking hilarious. Um, it's it's a new series. It's um, it's just I think the final the first the final episode of the first season literally just aired at the end of uh, of Friday this past Friday. Um, I saw on Twitter that season two of Uzaki John wants to hang out has has been greenlit already, which is super early. So I don't know if production has already started on that or not. But for those of you who have uh, Funimation, uh, Uzaki, check out Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. I've been checking out a whole bunch of other stuff, but that's the one that I'm going to uh, spotlight at this time. So that's been it for me. Cool. So our next topic on our docket is going to be our main event. So our our main event was uh, what were some of the most uh, impressive gaming soundtracks that you've ever heard? With uh, we were asking that question of our listeners, and Des was the one that came up with that question. So Des, why don't you uh, uh, go in a little bit deeper into how that topic came to be, and we'll get into some of our responses. Yeah, sure. Uh, the main reason why we we wanted to talk about this was because you know we always talk about the you know, or, or I've always noticed that we talk about the graphics and the gameplay, but what about the mood and the sounds that that really kind of puts you in there? You know, and, and the and the and the soundtracks that really, uh, really bring you into the game because sound is such a an instrumental part, you know, or influential part of these video games, you know, that that we play. So that was the the like the impetus of these questions. You know, when you have people, you know, going around and doing symphony productions of Final Fantasy and various different other games, um, it has made sense to ask, you know, ask you all, what are some of your what are some of your thoughts? So um one of the ones that we got was from um was from a really good uh a really good guy, really good friend of ours, Alberto. Um Al, old Alberto, you know, fan, fantastic, you know, listener, been listening to us for a long time, and he actually gave us a list of a of a, of a bunch of ones that that he really liked, and I I was like, oh, okay, I was not expecting, you know, him to go so go so deep in the pocket, but I think it's great. Um, so the first one he wrote is uh, Final Fantasy VII, and that's um, Joe. Can you say that name? Or Eric's theme. Aerith seem is that when she gets killed? Oh no, it's it's her spoiler oh, sorry. alert. Spoiler, spoiler, for fifteen year old spoiler or actually longer than that, almost a twenty year spoiler. Sorry, that's she okay. Died. No, that's a, it's a general theme in the in the game itself. So, but it has it's very distinct. I, I like he's going back into like he's going like he's going back for some of these. I was not oh, expecting course. some of these. Yeah. Okay, so Eris's theme. Then we have Metal Gear Solid, uh, Snake Eater, opening song. Uh, we have The Price of Freedom, Crisis Core. That's Final uh, we Fantasy have... VII, Crisis Core, and by the way. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Like, I swear, all, all of these things are just, like, 
so like you know crazy so uh, um another one that he's put up is uh the red wings from final fantasy 4 um the next one is opening and main theme to chrono trigger now i remember chrono trigger being amazing and i remember that uh particular uh opening was was really if i remember correctly was just a really strong introduction to that game um so yeah i i'm totally there with with you on that one uh wow garmont from xenoblade 2 and mora Ardain from uh, uh, Xenoblade 2 as well. I know you played... I didn't play the Xenoblade uh, games. Uh, I know that you did, Joe, right? Yeah, I played all the Xenoblade games. I haven't not played Xenoblade 2 yet, actually, so I'm not okay. sure the tracks. Unfortunately, I almost feel ashamed, but, uh, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles, the first game, uh, and Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X on the Wii U are both games I've dabbled in. On there, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles specifically, I played like halfway through that game. I wanted to play the remastered version for Switch and haven't got around, but the Xenoblade Chronicles uh, soundtrack is amazing. In fact, I probably have listened to the soundtrack as much as I played the game. That's how amazing it is. Uh, uh, Gar Plains, especially that track on there. And then, of course, uh, the um, main thing for... See the Blade Chronicles are both amazing tracks on there. So, on there. So it's just uh, I I almost look forward to you know firing this up possibly on a uh, powered up uh, next gen switch. But we'll <laughs> and we'll see if that uh, rumor comes to fruition. But and then he had one more uh, the Cabal Stomp from Destiny, which great noteworthy track uh, for Destiny fanatics out there. So. Mm. All right, Kev. Uh, what is what is one of yours, Kev, or, or a couple of yours? Well, this was kind of difficult uh, because I could only think of one just off the top of the dome, and that is the Persona Five soundtrack, and I guess by extension the Persona Four soundtrack. Uh, both of those games, the music that accompanies what's going on in uh, literally any action that you're doing is just so it matches the environment of what's going on in the game at the time um from the battle sequences to the the leisure time sequences when you're just walking like and particularly in like it well in both of them but like in persona 4 when in, in your downtime where you're building your social links the music that plays um it just feels like, you know, it, it almost like like you're feel it. I don't know. It kind of makes you feel like you're in an an anime. That's that's really the the best way I can describe it. And Persona Five, I didn't think they'd be able to up the Persona the Persona Four um, soundtrack, but Persona Five they were able to. And I don't know what kind of what what kind of magic those musicians are able to conjure up but it is just absolutely brilliant uh the music that plays as you're interacting with people the music that plays as you're building your social link the battle music the boss music it, oh man it, it's just fantastic and i wish i could sit here and name off the specific songs but i don't know them because i 
for whatever reason, I never got around to downloading the soundtrack. And but I just know just from having played Persona 5 fairly recently, it is just just it, it, it is just it, from the title screen, the piano solo that that kicks the game off from the title screen all the way throughout the entire game. Um, you never get and even the, those handful of songs that get played continuously as you as you repeatedly do similar activities you always look for, uh, there there isn't a bad one in the in the lineup it, it's just absolutely phenomenal so that persona 5 and persona 4 those two soundtracks are the ones that stick out to for me the most all righty um so uh joe what's one of uh, your uh really like engrossing soundtracks you know that just kind of like sticks in your gut every time you know you you hear it and you just kind of like ah, you know it's just like it's like it's like the one that you hear and it just takes you back it's, it's like instantly like you hear the first couple of notes and instantly you're back in 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 at you're you're back in your 20s or or your or, or your teens playing a game or, or i don't know about my teens or 20s that's or, quite or a bit even of in time your, ago even in your 40s joe even in your 40s <laughs> Uh, as far as my favorite soundtracks, if you're going by your definition, um, I am going to go back to the epic soundtrack of Monster Hunter 3 Try on that. So, in fact, I have the CD soundtrack uh, in my bedroom on here, and I was listening to this. Literally, we'll talk about in the news, but the most recent Monster Hunter announcement uh, for Switch uh, got me, uh, you know, thinking back, and uh, just the main theme song for uh, Monster Hunter 3 is just uh, brought back a lot of memories. I just love that track. I love the whole entire soundtrack on there. I think Capcom's always brought forth uh, a great OST for all the Monster Hunter games, even Iceborne. Like the main theme for Iceborne is just so excellent. You know, I st I I queued up on my Spotify quite a bit and and just listened to the soundtrack. So. You know, it's, it's kind of funny that in the game you don't listen to it as much because, you know, you're mainly playing multiplayer. You're mainly getting on to the next mission, so you don't get the immersion as much. But uh, listen to these tracks, you know, afterwards. And I think Monster Hunter 3 have more of an attachment with the music and the soundtrack of the game because there was a lot of grinding I did solo versus playing multiplayer. Multiplayer was meant for... Uh, when I had like people over with the 3DSs and were back and forth playing on 3DS if need be, I did a lot of solo play in Monster Hunter 3 yeah, Ultimate on there, and then when 3 Try was on the Wii, uh, also as well on there because you know the Nintendo um, Online at that point in time was kind of ass uh, in comparison to modern consoles. Even consoles back then, it was ass. So. <laughs> If, if I was going to name one, but uh, I have numerous soundtracks I could talk about as well. So, okay. Um, do you have any any other ones that that's kind of really, um, you know, making you like, you know, oh, this one's great. Oh, okay, I have to talk about that one. Anyone else? Uh, well, we talked about Xenoblade Chronicles, um, specifically. I just love that soundtrack. Um, just like I stated. Uh, also, Fancy Star Online, the first game on Dreamcast. And then obviously mm -hmm. it's uh, further iterations. I mean, for a game I played, you know, thousands of hours, just hearing the 
uh, theme song, the main theme song, and of course, you know, some of the boss theme songs. It just brings me back on that. Uh, Chrono Trigger, excellent on there. I mean, as far as any composer of anyone, uh, as far as that's concerned, you know, obviously, uh, Umatsu is just god tier. He is like the guy. I mean, this this is the guy that did Chrono Trigger. He did a lot of Final Fantasy soundtracks, you know, OSTs on there, like he did Final Fantasy IX, which has an excellent soundtrack. Uh, another soundtrack that he was the main composer on was Blue Dragon on the 360, which, you know... Very underrated up, game. Very yeah, underrated game. You know, Miss Walker, they kind of made a Dragon Quest-like um, JRPG, and, you know, that whole soundtrack was just excellent. And I'm not just talking about the main battle theme song with... Ian Gillian from Deep Purple on the track, even though that song is still awesome. So <laughs> on that, um, also RPGs and keeping the keeping on that tip. Uh, Guys of Arcadia had a really good soundtrack. In fact, they had the um, CD soundtrack. You know, so I've, I've gotten obsessive enough. I do have a quite a bit of collection of uh, soundtracks. I imported a few from Japan on there. Uh, fighting games uh, like Virtua Fighter, Street Fighter, Street Fighters. You know. You know, obviously that's so uh, legendary, noteworthy. Street Fighter Two specifically, and then obviously everything down the mix. I mean, uh, Kev, you could probably talk about this, but Third Strike. I mean, the soundtrack and the individual fighters, like um, you know, theme songs, that kind of thing for stages and that kind of thing. I, you got to give it up for Third Strike. Yeah, it's um, really good. That that particularly Kin stage. I am. I have. Uh, I have that on my iPod. <laughs> was that the was that the hip hop one when it was all like you know uh where the guys kind of rapping in the background? Yeah, that mm. now that's the main. No, that's theme, the uh, that's the main theme. If you go to yeah. the uh, Alex, it's on Alex stage and it's on Ken stage. Okay, it's the same song. Yeah, um, it's a New York stage. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was because there was this one and he was yeah that's the main one. Okay, so the main one when you're when There's you're the no vocals select. in it. No, okay, that's, it, no, there's no that's vocals. The okay, that's the character select then that has the. Yeah, That's it's a character all, select, and then also the um, splash screen when you first okay. turn, you know first game. Yeah. and for for me also speaking of fighting games, is the Fatal Fury uh, theme songs to the specific stages were really good. The King of Fighters, uh, one of the reason one of the things I really liked about uh, King of Fighters '95 was that when I had it for the Saturn. They had those stages re- remixed with uh, orchestral arrangements, and you could put the disc, the Saturn disc, into your CD player, and if you had an attached uh, cassette player with recording functionality, you could literally dub the soundtrack off of the game disc onto your cassette, which I did, and that arranged <laughs> that arranged music. From King of Fighters '95 was absolutely phenomenal, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. That's like Red Book audio for a lot of the games from back then. So, and then, yeah, King of Fighters specifically, real about Fatal Fury too. I mean, oh, God. fantastic! See, we can't we can have a whole conversation just about fighting game soundtracks. Don't even get me started <laughs> on some of them. And I honestly believe Street Fighter had some of the most. Uh, all the various different Street Fighters had some of the most influential soundtracks. Like they were just fantastic. Yeah, just a lot of them. 
just i don't know there's just something about them it's like it's like uh racing games you know too like how racing certain racing games have their have their um their uh their games that are just like you know uh, so good it's oh just like yeah yeah i was going to mention too of uh, speaking of racing games ridge racer especially all the sequels too on the original playstation oh man just great stuff great stuff was amazing and then of course even though it was outside music you know that they brought in to curate a soundtrack like the wipeout games on ps1 beautiful yeah oh yeah you know even even those games count prodigy and future sound of london and all the different uh you know uh industrial and or um techno whatever you want to call it (laughs) bands that they curated for those games on there you know i gotta give it up because uh, it made me pick up albums by certain bands you know that were on that soundtrack just to kind of delve into that genre a little bit further on it yeah so. uh speaking of uh speaking of it i just want to say this you know before we get to our last um our last listener uh listener response is for me when you talk about when you talk about actual like like racing soundtracks the one that just that just kind of just uh it's just fantastic it's sonic r everybody super sonic racing that oh that was my oh, Sammy davis jr in that stuff man i know doing? it was pretty bad i know i know <laughs> but yeah that one was just fantastic uh that soundtrack i don't know what it was it was that kind of just the the, the sound the 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 vocals the uh i actually the the actual full soundtrack is one long track on youtube and i have it saved and so when i'm out doing my walks or or i'm doing have something and i have to be all like okay i have to be really like involved in what's going on i put that i put that on and i am just in it just yeah i'm just i i i can't even it's so good that whole soundtrack i mean i i would i would play that game against joe just to hear that song (laughs) just just to hear the song songs from that and that same guy went out to do i think it was gotham racing man that's another one that he did and it's just like those like late late 90s like house music and it was just so good it was just uh, like well, if you re- if you really wanna want wanna 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 hear a really good soundtrack, that one is fantastic. Uh, it was on the Dreamcast. No, it was on the Saturn, right? It was on Saturn, yes. Yeah, on the Saturn. And the composer is Spencer Nielsen. I yeah, Spencer Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, Spencer Spencer Nielsen came on came onto the scene and he just just tore it up. You, you really you really need to do yourself a service and listen to that. I mean, again, it's, it's very dated because, um, because of just how long ago it was, but it's definitely worth it. Um, just, just take it, do it. You'll, you'll thank me for it. And then the last one, uh, I'd have to say is, uh, near the first near game, the game. I had no idea what I was doing in the game, but the soundtrack was, was just, fantastic it had this um it had this sort of really nice deep bass drums um 
but it, it was mixed with um this really kind of japanese chanting i don't know i can't it's very hard to 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 describe it um if you've ever seen the 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 movie akira and it's when uh uh tetsuo meets the the other three espers and they're all fighting and the giant teddy bear is walking around and, and they're all trying to kill him um it, it it sounds like that scene, you know, the music in that scene is 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 what it sounds like, which was more heavy bass. It's very it's very mesmerizing and it just it's just such a good soundtrack. It's like whenever I think of near again, the game, I have no idea what was going on in the game, but that soundtrack was just fantastic. Um, You should really look at. I mean, and again, of course, most of these soundtracks that we're talking about, you can find in um, online um, on YouTube and and whatnot. So you should really should should check check it out and take a listen. Well, I think you really like it. First near game is actually being uh, its alternate version called Near Replicant is coming out for PS4. Yeah, with all those different numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. different numbers after the different version. I yeah, I was I'm wondering if they're gonna keep the soundtrack or if they're gonna do a new soundtrack for that game because I, I I that's one of the reasons why I'm really thinking about picking up that game because it's like a different alternate telling of the original, like Correct. you were saying. But I'm just wondering if it's still gonna have that that same uh soundtrack or 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 version of that soundtrack that kind of keeps the spirit of of that first game because that soundtrack is it's really good so one for uh, Mata is very good as well see very another haunting. thing like i don't ugh, you know it's just such good such good like the i swear people people who were who were out there busting their asses doing doing sound design and doing um creating these these you know video game soundscapes like they are just they they sometimes they can be the unsung heroes for for actually creating a mood and an atmosphere within a video game so you know and i remember uh joe i i found this uh i don't know what it was but i found this on on online of course and it was it was all kinds of like dance tracks but it was all Mega Man stages and they had made them like is this guy is free like he took he basically took the soundtracks or the stage the stage uh music from from various different Mega Man games and made them into dance tracks and remixed them and it was just so good so so there's just a lot of people out there that that are taking these you know and oh, yeah. don't, don't get me started on like actual like chip tunes type and like chip tune artists and what they're doing cuz like there's tons of stuff out there so you know video yeah. game soundtracks nothing to sleep on and and it's really worth it but yeah, the last we, one. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I know that since you mentioned chip tunes, we haven't really talked too much about 8-bit or 16-bit. But uh, you know, as far as any uh, particular uh, companies, Capcom and especially Konami were really prolific uh, during those times. On there, you talk about the entire like Mega Man one through five, and then of course the Gradius games on that, you know, Contra, Castlevania, you name it. Uh, back in the Eight and sixteen-bit eras. I mean, if you talk about chip tunes, uh, even you know Sonic, you know. So. Yeah. No. Uh, well, that's a whole different, like, that's a whole different beast uh, when you're talking about uh, someone actually using chip tunes to create a memorable sound. I mean, even the one that we have in our show, you know, that was uh, I, that. That's just 
you don't hear stuff like that very often anymore, you know, because yeah. the technology has really kind of boosted itself above, above needing that. But, you know, we cannot sleep on, on those classic chip tunes. Um, that, 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 that classic, really awesome sort of chip tunes, um, sound. So our last, uh, our last, uh, uh, listener feedback was from John B dash T. Uh, and he says, my two favorite soundtracks, from games were the scores the score from Ultima 7 old PC game which I listened to a ton and also Castlevania Symphony of the Night oh fantastic uh Symphony of the Night just had those killer guitar sections and made that game even better than it already was obviously Tony Hawk should be mentioned but no matter how good it was uh no matter how good it was you got sick of the same songs over and over and over no and I have to agree, you're right. You know, that's why you can't I mean, when you have uh when you have those open world games like GTA and and Saints Row and they have like the uh the the purchase tracks, you know, that's it it works in trying to get you into a mood, but it's not the same. It's just not the same as actually having someone uh actually conduct and create um a new soundtrack or or create something for uh for a um for a game um so yeah but but i definitely understand what you're saying that those the first tony hawk games one and two like those soundtracks were just fantastic you know as and, and i mean the game in itself is a time capsule and but the music that you add on to it is just like it's a snapshot of what folks were doing you know at that time so uh so thank you i'm sorry go ahead jim Oh, I want to kind of aside, you know, we talked about licensed music and games, and there's one particular game, uh, for whatever reason, even though the, the music got repetitive, um, I would say the um, first Crazy Taxi, especially oh. with the um, Offspring soundtrack and the little Bad Religion tracks and that kind of thing, you know, with the yeah, 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 yeah on there that, you know, was great. Yeah. and. <laughs> of course, a couple of last asides, like uh, Kev's favorite game of all time, God Hand, had a really great soundtrack. Yeah, really... yeah, that really kind of weird rockabilly kind of yep. stuff that was just going. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. Akami is especially prolific. Yeah, Akami was great. That game. And then, of course, we're going to circle back Breath of Fire, Breath of Fire 2, 3, and 4. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There, there's definitely a lot out there that you can look at and just be like, okay, you know, this is, this is uh, a whole. I mean, it, it's you could literally break each each soundtrack into its own genre and then yeah. have standouts. So, but yeah. but again, this was just uh, something we wanted to put out there uh, because we want to look at all aspects of video gaming and music is a really big aspect that should not be forgotten. So. Yeah, and if you're listening to this now, and if you had a chance to respond, still respond if you want. Go ahead and let us know. Uh, send us a Twitter message or message us at gamingvessels at gmail.com. We'll definitely uh, read them on the show just to kind of yeah. follow up on that. So Yeah. So our question for our 100th episode, which is our next episode, I cannot believe it's been 100 episodes, um, which is bananas. You know, we've been doing this for for a while now and and it's just like you get 100 episodes and you're just like wow you know uh, looking back at what we've done and what we what we've accomplished has been fantastic you know and as we look towards the the future uh our question was you know as we approach our 100th episode what would you like to see us try what would like what would you like gaming vessels to try 
in the next 100 episodes? What content would you like to see from us? Do you do you like the playlist? Do you like the news? Do you like the main events? Well, what what tweaks do you think that we possibly could do or or consider uh, with, with the with thinking about the format of this show? You know, this is a community you know show. We do this because the three of us love uh, talking about video games and we love uh, sharing our visions, our thoughts um our opinions uh our disagreements uh with with the listeners you know with you all out there like you help make this uh possible and you're you're a big part of it so we want to like hear your thoughts like what would what do you think we should do or what more or less do you want to hear of or again what do you think we should do so please um you know hit us up on twitter you can always uh shoot us an email the email links will be the email information will be at the end of the show so please stay tuned for that you can hit us up on discord we know we're very active on discord you know so please you know use your voices we'd love to hear from you uh we'll read some of them on the air possibly also we have a couple of you know surprises for the 100th episode so please listen uh to it um we don't want you to miss out on any goodness so that's the question for the 100th episode what do you want to see from us you know so so yeah uh, other than that i'm gonna turn it back over to kevin well our next topic on our docket is going to be the news but man i i tell you before we go into that it's just funny how when you the more you start thinking about a subject and the more you start reflecting because the only thing I could think of was like Persona Four and Five, uh, but the more we listen, you know, checking out our listener interactions and just that just spurred off more things that just went got my brain firing off in all directions and bringing back all these great soundtracks from all these great games that I played in the past. So that was a really cool discussion. So yeah. that was that was very cool, but. As I mentioned before, our next topic on the docket is going to be news. We're going to do it a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to do round robin style. And Dez is going to kick things off with this first news article. So, Dez, take it away, man. Yeah, so the first thing we're going to talk about is Monster Hunter Rise. That was uh, announced uh, through a Nintendo Direct, and it was also announced and showed a little bit more uh, during the Tokyo Game Show. And as, you know, three uh, Monster Hunter, you know, hunters, like we, we, we are hardcore hunters, you know, although me and Joe started before Kev, I think given what Kev has done in world, he is an honorary OG hunter because he has like he put in so much work on world. Like he put in so much more work than Joe and I, like I was like, damn, Kev is like feeling this monster hunter. So, so, so having seeing uh rise, I was like, yes, you know, we have a standalone monster hunter game for the switch. And I was like, what? <laughs> Cause I was not expecting that. And so part of me is like, okay, what is this going to, what is this going to do uh, for Monster Hunter World? Like, are they expecting folks to just jump ship and buy a a Switch now to play Monster Hunter Rise? Because I think Monster Hunter Rise is going to offer a very different experience than World. I think Rise is going to be that kind of bridging gap between the 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 other games that came be- that came before that Nintendo uh, put out 
by that I mean like Try and Monster Hunter, you know, uh, free not Freedom, uh, uh, was it Freedom Two? Joe was the was the one that they they brought over and released here in America. Um, Freedom Two is on the PSP, sir. So um... well, again, you know what I mean. Those 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 kind of hardcore old school, like you are literally farming, not farming, but you literally go. Well, I guess you are farming. You're 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 getting your whetstones. You're 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 cooking your meat. You know. I'm thinking, is that what it's going to be? You know, so all no, those kind of quality of life. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Okay. Like all those, all those quality of life things that we had, uh, in world, are they gonna be stripped away and rise? Shit, most likely, and it looked like that's not. You know, I think it's gonna be more moving towards the world aspect of it than the actual hardcore you know, old old school monster hunter. And I think that's a wise choice because I think nowadays. Folks just ain't got time to sit there and and harvest go on specific harvesting harvesting mission missions because I remember Joe and I you know would you know would actually get get together and be like okay you know this mission is just for harvesting and we'd you know go out there and harvest a whole bunch of stuff to refill our coffers you know and then and then be done with it so I don't think that's what's going to happen in Rise but but I'm interested to hear you know, your guys' take on this new, um, this new, uh, I, it's not a new IP, but this new game that's coming out in March, 2021. Um, I'll start with, I want to hear from Kevin because, because as someone who, who basically cut their teeth with, with Rise, sorry, with, uh, with World, you know, I know you have, a, I know you have a, 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 uh, a lot to say about this. So, Kev, what, what are your thoughts on on the announcement of Rise and 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 what we're seeing or or, or what it looks like we're going to be doing in this game? Well, from see, I think coming from World, because the reason I played World and not the not the prior games is because I just didn't like those mechanics. I mean, I hated those mechanics with a passion. What little I played with them, uh, uh, I yeah, think it was I, the uh, the one the on the played, Wii U. Yeah, Wii Monster, U Monster Hunter uh, Three Ultimate is the one you played. So yeah, I played that. I was like, if this is what these games are about, I'm out. I ain't. I, ain't yeah. <laughs> I think you played it for a, a half an hour. I think yeah. at the most. Yeah, it don't take me long to figure stuff out. Just figure out I don't yeah. like a game. Um. And it's like if this is what Monster Hunter and and it was it was so weird because the concept of Monster Hunter is right in 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 my hit is right in my gamer DNA you know going out and fighting monsters that are you know eight ten twelve times bigger than you are is just really cool but the mechanics behind it I was like I ain't I I can't I wait I got I, I got to stand still in order to drink a health potion you know nah miss me with that. So my as I watched what was going on with Rise, uh, I like the verticality of it. Uh, looks like you're going to be able to climb different areas using those. Uh, I forget what the wire bugs. I think they called them. Uh, the you're going to have your 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 doggyco pallet, you know, wolfico, whatever that dog looking thing is that you ride and fights alongside you. Uh, as well as your palico, the cat, your your anthropomorphic cat buddy, uh, is going to be there. So you're going to have a lot of like AI support uh, in this in this game. Uh, I guess those those uh, as you party up, I think you party up up to four. 
Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. like normal. So it's four yeah, folks. So it's four Plus you folks. get to bring either. Yeah, you get to bring either your dog or your cat with or you. Or your cat when you're when you're teamed up. So I guess Love if you're it. running solo, it's both. And when it's when you're partied up, you choose whether you want your your dog or your palico coming with. Okay. So I liked all that. Um, I again, the only thing that that would and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get the game. I'm gonna check as the only way you're gonna know is just to buy actually play the game. Um, as long as the, you know, the quality of life elements from world are the same or better, I'm fine. But if I have to go on, you know, if I have to do specific, you you gotta you you know, you, you run out of whetstones for your sword, you gotta go out and collect those. You're <laughs> running out of whatever, you know, you gotta get, then I'm out because I I ain't, I ain't going back to that old uh, that that way because I know I'm not gonna like it. So as long as they keep up the quality of life stuff from world and either build or improve upon that, then I'm fine. But uh, aesthetically, another thing I'm kind of wondering is given the Switch's power, is are you, I think, I wonder if you're going to be fighting more than one monster at a time. Because that was the thing, kind of the sometimes infuriating aspect of world as you're going after your main target, you know, something else will show up and then there'll be monsters fighting each other. Um, I'm wondering just how much horsepower they're able to squeeze out of the switch if it is going to give us kind of like those world f- a monster fights, you know, like as you're if you're going after, a, a, you know, I don't know if you're going after a, a Rajong and a and a Devil Joe shows up and they start fighting and then you just kind of try and either hang loose and back off and let them duke it out and deal with <laughs> try and go back to your original prey your original target or if the your own there's only going to be one monster on the on the map at a time because you know that is something to be to to be cons- to to consider. Uh, the switch not being uh, all that powerful, and when I say I don't mean that in a bad way, but I'm just saying you're not going to get the horsepower out of the switch that you're getting out of, you know, an Xbox or a PlayStation. So it's going to be interesting how they how they handle that. So, but from what I did see, uh, some of the mechanics that were on display, uh, watching that. Um, how long was that? It was like 40 minutes or something of gameplay. Yeah, about 40, 40, 40, 40 minutes. Yeah, about 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, I liked what I saw. It looked very interesting. So uh, I, I definitely want to see more, and I'll, I'll pick it up once it comes out. Cool. Uh, Joe, what were your thoughts? I know, you know, again, you are a big... You know, Monster Hunter fan. You know, you 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 got the books. You got the you know you got the uh, the, the 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 figures. So you 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 loving it, buddy. So what did you think about uh, Rise? Uh, it's like a breath of fresh air, and you know, as much as I could talk about Monster Hunter World, and as much as I enjoyed it, um, in a way, it kind of felt sterile compared to the um, prior Monster Hunters. Uh, that Explain, okay, okay, okay. Explain that. Why did you say? Why do you think it was sterile? Uh, basically because it just it seemed like the. God, I'm, I'm trying to articulate it into words that I could kind of understand it in a little bit. Bill was too but, easy. 
almost in a way, yeah, and almost in a way, it's all—it's it's like I enjoyed the kind of. Uh, uh, I just kind of felt like, almost in a way, like it was a little bit too. It's almost like they made almost it like an MMO in in certain ways with the characteristics, with the like numbers for damage and so on and so forth. You know, before we had to kind of tell by you know the way the monster was reacting which is also applicable in the world on there so but uh you know to me it's like it's seemed a little bit uh like i know playing monster hunter 3 and monster hunter 4 it just seemed like the the control really was immersive meaning that it really had like a good uh, flair to the control and it seemed like monster hunter world is it's just with the systems and everything. I think with the end game, I kind of lost interest after I finished the main campaign just because I wasn't into the grind for the additional weapons. And before, it was it seemed like I was playing more with people uh, in person versus you know doing online too. So, but I can't really put it into exact words. Maybe you could circle back to me. We talk about this as Rise comes out, but. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I, you know, it's almost like I'm getting a, a chance to kind of play the reiteration of Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate on the 3DS, which I played a little bit, but not too much of. And of course, Generations, and then of course, Generations Ultimate, which I've been always meaning to play. And the thing about Generations and Generations Ultimate is that both of those games were kind of like almost like the greatest hits of all the prior Monster Hunter games. And then they added a lot of uh, flair to the um, gameplay, meaning that they added some additional styles to particular weapon that you were be able to have. And so that's the reason why, I, even to this day, I still want to go back and play a Generations Ultimate. And, you know, I know that, you know, people might be reluctant thinking, oh, it's like old school Monster Hunter, but it's really not. I mean, there's gameplay styles on top of, like, uh, that you can play not only dual blades, but dual blades with certain... Uh, mechanic and or uh, um, play style that you could switch and alternate between your play styles on there so that the uh, weapon plays differently and so i'm thinking those aspects of those different uh, nuances with the weapons are going to be carried forward with this game adding some flavor from generations ultimate but also uh, including some of the uh, you know world building that monster Hunter world did and all the um ui improvements and or you know like you know you could get to see like it's going to be one big flowing map it's not going to be separated by areas on there it seems like you're going to be able to replenish your items pretty easily with this game it's going to be user friendly on there so it is bringing a lot of the aspects from world into the game as well so, so. yeah Paying really close attention to like some of the coverage and some of the more minutiae breakdowns on there, and I just really like the um, the bug, the grappling hook, whatever you want to call it. So I don't have the exact um, words memorize it, but the, that gameplay looks excellent. It, adding the verticality to the gameplay is just something I'm just like, oh, we'll bring it on on there. So yep, I'm really into the climbing. The wire bug. On yeah, there. yeah. I'm really into the climbing and the and the verticality of it, you know. And I'm thinking, I know you're a big, you know, thing about swimming, you know. And looks looks like swimming. They missed this with swimming again, and I'm kind of like, thank you, you know. So no, so they'll, they'll to... probably never go back to swimming. So probably I'm not, not worried about it. If I really want to swim, I could play my Hunter. 
Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate and fire up my Wii U if need be. So if you really need to swim around. I'm not I'm not worried about that yet, but yeah. uh, you know I th- I think this is going to bring a different flavor above and beyond everything you know. So I'm just really eager to see this team's like kind of bent on here. I know the director of this game also did I think three Ultimate and uh, did another game as well. It might have been Portable Third, which was the Japanese PSP entry that never was released here you know, for whatever reason. That was the one that came out right around. It was released after Try in Japan, but between Try and Three Ultimate on there. So, and I know that they always made sure that these games are have an easier barrier to entry on there. So, I'm thinking we're going to see, especially on the Nintendo platform. I love the fact that you have an owl going out the track versus Scout Flies too. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, no, I didn't. I think that's well, awesome yeah. too. Yeah, there is an owl that will go out. So there's no scout flies in this game, but uh, you do have an owl uh, that will go out and survey and let you know, you know, exactly on that. And the Palamute is awesome. You know, you can bring out two dogs. You can bring out two Palicos. It kind of leads a little bit more into soul. Oh, you can bring, oh, so you can bring either. So I thought you always had to be one or the other. So you either had one palico and one mutt and that's it but you can no, actually get no, two mutts I, or two palico yeah correct i saw some oh, gameplay wow. where yeah, I didn't two, do that. yeah the two different palamutes with you so oh wow and like yeah. another palamutes will actually fight with you while the yeah. while the while the uh cats are more supportive so yeah yeah okay i'm down depending with that. on your gameplay style so i mean you know, I I kind of was in the same vein saying that I'm more excited for Monster Hunter Rise, and also you know we're not we're kind of not talking about stories too. But I'm also excited for. Well, stories we're gonna too. talk about stories after, dude. Just, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, that, Monster Hunter Rise. I'm more you're excited. Messing up my than, segue. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm more excited for this than anything that's been announced for PS5 or Xbox Series X. So. Wow, that, that's uh, big words, dude. It is big words, but it is the truth. So yikes! I got the collector's edition and all the amiibo pre-ordered, and I am ready to go. So I can't say anything though because I'm I'm kind of right there with you, buddy. So yes. Um, as for me, I'm super excited. Um, I am a fashion hunter, so I am so totally ready to have um to see what what kind of fashions we're gonna be getting the the stuff that we're seeing right now. Uh, just looks to be fantastic as far as the the um what the uh um armors in, are is gonna look like. I love that you get to dress up your dog. I love you. I love that you get to dress up all different types of stuff. Like I'm just like, this is gonna be so much fun. Like I'm just like, yay! So I am uh super excited for uh to see what's gonna be going on with uh with this game i am just totally like i'm just uh, i i i can't wait i honestly just cannot wait so uh okay so the next thing that was shown uh in the monster hunter franchise was monster hunter uh stories uh wrath of ruin or something ruin of wrath the the name of it the name of it escapes me but i thought that it was it was a very interesting uh name for uh for it as as the Rathaloths are being taken or, or they're leaving or they're migrating. A lot of these games are a lot of a lot of migration happens in Monster Hunter if you if you guys are not 
you know, aware of that. Folks are always stuff's always migrating to some place or doing something else. So just just be aware of that. Lots of migration happen in um in Monster Hunter. Um but yeah, it's an RPG turn based um and you play as a successor or sorry, an ancestor. You play as a grandchild of this legendary monster rider because like there's in the monster hunter world there are two types it's actually a couple different types of folks but you like one is the hunters that hunt monsters to that are aggressive and stop stuff and then there's the riders who so like the hunters are are, are the, the, they, they clash with the monsters you know monsters should be controlled they should be you know ecosystems should be maintained but they need to be controlled so, so that they don't endanger humans Whereas the writers are like, you know, we can coexist. They're like the tree huggers of the Monster Hunter world. And you get these eggs and you hatch the egg. And I have no idea what weird magic they use on the eggs to make them rideable. So, uh, uh, there's all these pygmy monsters running around that these people can ride on. So I always thought that was hilarious. So there's like these... There's like this very subspecies of Monster Hunter monsters that are like pygmy versions of the larger ones, I guess. I don't know, but that's a whole nother, you know, uh, Monster Hunter archaeologists can can think about that. Um, but that's what that is. And the you, the Rathaloses are, are migrating and you have to find out why. They, that's really all the information they've given us about this game. Um, the, except for that they're going to be adding... Um, out of the 14 weapons, they only have four in the game, and they're adding two more for a total of six. So people are kind of wondering what that is. Most likely it's going to be, I was reading on the forums, that most likely I'm thinking it's going to be um, the bow, and either the longsword or the dual blades. The reason why it's not going to be much more of the mechanical stuff, like the bow, like the, uh, bow guns or switch axes like that, is because that uses much more um, mechanical parts, whereas the 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 monster riders you know i guess people consider them to be more like tree hunters and so they wouldn't use mechanical parts as they're trying to live at one with nature i don't know but um i'm looking forward to this i played the first one i still have the first one uh for the uh 3ds um uh, uh and it's great i loved it um I'm hopeful that this one is a lot different than the first one because the first one was based off the anime and the anime was just okay. And because the anime was just okay, the story was just okay. So because this is a new story that is not um, made for, um, for, 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 you know, to, to mirror an, a, 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 another, pro, another product, I'm hoping that this is going to be a little bit more adult because the first story had this annoying kind of cat that followed you around and it was a, like a jive talking cat not jive talking but it was just kind of like it was a cat that had this kind of attitude and stuff and he got kind of annoying but so my hope is that it's not that so but that was long-winded the way of saying that i'm really excited for it so uh kev i know the minute you heard rpg you kind of switched it off in your head but are you interested in this game at all probably would because i bought her uh, monster hunter stories for 3ds for her birthday and oh, she just, loved it so think your niece is gonna be into my it? niece would be the yeah she would probably oh. dig it because she liked the first one oh, okay she, cool. she talked to me about that you know to this day she she 
loves that game. So this is probably more like something along the lines for her. But me, I, I had no interest in the first one. No interest in this one. That's fair. All right. Uh, Joe, uh, what are your thoughts, buddy? Are you, are you I'm, feeling this I, at all? I'm going to pick it up, yeah. Um, I'm going to try to go and play the original stories because I bought it. But never got a chance to play it. They're not connected. Before. You know that, right? I still want to play it. So okay, okay, okay. You have to yell her. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just telling you on here. So it's like you know, this game's not coming out for a year. So I would like to experience the game on the 3DS on there. I bought all the amiibo for it on there. I imported that from Asia, from Japan, because it never came out here. And I was really surprised that they even were going to uh, do a sequel because of the fact that yeah. I know that the anime didn't do all that great in Japan and uh, it didn't sell all too well for the 3DS, but I'm glad that they are giving it a second shot. And one thing I, looking at the um, introductory video for the game, it kind of gives me a little bit of a Breath of Fire vibe to it. Yeah, too, yeah. So. I really like. No. I do really like the um the, the 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 aesthetic and the way it looks. So you are yeah. definitely correct on that. It looks it looks like a fun game. Um, so I'm and I I'm hoping again that it's a much more mature story is what I'm hoping for. So see. Yeah. So that's my uh, article. So I'll pass it over to Joe. Joe, uh, what did uh what what did you want to bring to the table, my friend? Well, let's talk about a little bit about the um, PlayStation, uh, what would you call it, like direct and or, you know, the uh, little video that they showed as far as showcases, PS5 showcase. Yeah, here. because cause, cause it's out. Uh, you, you, if, you, if you missed it, the pre-order did happen. Um, you might not have known it happened because a lot of folks didn't know what was going on with it, but... But we were we were the we, we we were there. We did the pre-release, so we were we were a part of all that craziness. So out there with with hopefully with what we were you know getting. Uh, like I hope we, I hope that you were successful in your acquisition of a of a pre-ordered PS5. Is all I have to say. <laughs> well, okay, let's kind of talk about a little bit too about some of the games. You know, I'm not going to go and recant everything from uh, game to game on there, but. Uh... Uh, Final Fantasy 16 was shown for the first time on uh, there. I guess it's been in development for quite a few years, from what they said. Uh, this is being uh, produced by produced by Yoshi P, which is the uh, same guy that is uh, you know the guy that brought Final Fantasy 14 back from the grave <laughs> on there from their uh, dire launch way back when on there. So, and uh, they did uh, get someone on the team from Capcom. Did you do the battle system on there that had previously worked on Dragon's Dogma? You could kind of tell by just looking at the trailer that it's definitely going to be a lot more action-based uh, as far as Final Fantasy 16 itself. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy as far as, uh, you know, because at the end, this is based on PC footage. Uh, that we weren't sure as far as when it was, you know, going to be out on PC. It was announced as being a PlayStation launch exclusive, meaning that it'd be exclusive for a certain period of time. A lot of people thought it might have been exclusive for the entirety, meaning that it's not coming out for any other consoles, but it basically was uh, kind of spoken as being a... Uh, Exclusive for PlayStation 5 for a period of time, which we don't know. And then um, also on PC, it's going to have a window where it's just going to be on PS5 for 
on this. So I was really surprised by it. I think it's a good thing they transitioned over to this team on there. I know the team that made Final Fantasy 15 uh, basically separated from Square Enix and they're working on that one Project Athia game on there. Uh, so that's what they're working on at the moment. Uh, on that also they showed some other games on this uh event on here a lot of the stuff just kind of you know obviously the miles morales footage is awesome on there um the harry potter stuff as far as with the uh, hogwarts legacy that was unveiled i have no interest uh five night at freddy's who gives a <laughs> who gives a shit excuse my french <laughs> On there, uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. That caught, caught my interest enough on there uh, to be able to pre-order that bad boy on there. And then, obviously, they showed a God of War teaser at the end. Uh, also, they showed more of... What's the game from Bethesda from Arcane on there? I think... Uh, uh, Deathloop. Yeah, there, Deathloop. Which, you know, we'll talk about further, but Deathloop uh, was from Bethesda and Arcane is now, you know, uh, being going to be published by Microsoft (laughs) on there. And they are still adhering to the um, agreements uh, that they made prior to Bethesda's acquisition, which we will talk about at a later point. But uh, at the end of all this, they did announce the price for both the PlayStation uh, 5 with the disc at $499 and then the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition at $399. A lot of people, I mean, were uh, unknown as far as when they were going to open up pre-orders, you know. And, of course, after all this happened, on that, oh, Demon Souls was shown as well, which I thought looked phenomenal as well. So, But after that, uh, we got the uh, kind of uh, spitballs. You know, they weren't clear in their messaging. At first, Demon Souls thought it was going to be a PS5 and PC game, and they put the wrong uh, ending, like, <laughs> graphic on the end of the Demon Souls trailer, and they had to go back in and correct themselves to say it's not coming to PC. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, Jeff Keighley was leaking stuff about um, that um, that Sackboy's Big Adventure game is coming out for PS4. Uh, Miles Morales was coming out for PS4. And then last but not least, Horizon Forbidden West is coming out for PlayStation 4 as well. So that wasn't anywhere in the direct at all. It wasn't anywhere in the showcase that was shown on that. And so a lot of people reacted accordingly on there. There's a lot of confusion and still is about the Marvel Spider-Man remastered that's included with the Ultimate Edition of Miles Morales Spider-Man on there. But we could talk about a little bit too on there. And um, can I kind of segue to both of you guys, uh, whoever wants to go first, as far as what do you think of the just the showcase and before we get into the whole launch <laughs> shenanigans, so um, I thought it was fine. You know what I watched of it, I was like, okay, you know. Um, but yeah, I thought it was fine. It yeah, wasn't anything I mean, that really kind of made me like, oh my god, you know. Like the middle, especially with all the Call of Duty crap. I mean, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Right. I mean, you got to do it. You know, they got to yeah. do it. So it's like I can't be mad at that. Yeah. So. How about you, Kev? I mean, uh, overall, what did you think of the uh, the little showcase that they had with all the trailers galore? So. I thought it was really good. 
particularly Final Fantasy's what, 16, uh, that combat looked amazing. And if it's going to be, uh, if they're linking raw action, Devil May Cry-ish combat in a Final Fantasy story, then sign me up. So I'll be there day one. So I think that was probably for me, probably the one of the highlights for the show. I guess I think the other highlight of the show was finally seeing uh, some in-game combat in Miles Morales. That looked dope. Yes. So I'm I'm really hyped about that. So so yeah, those two those two aspects. You know, the Call of Duty stuff. You know, eh. I will say this. I will say this about Call of Duty. Um, every year when they start talking about their campaigns, their campaigns are shot in such a way that it makes me want to get the game. But I already know that that campaign is probably going to be like four to six hours tops. Yep, and that's and, it. And I'm not going to give a darn about any other aspect of that game. <laughs> I'm not gonna care about the zombies. I mean, the zombies could be interesting if they if they did it in a way that that I you know that was cool. But the multiplayer couldn't care less about Call of Duty multiplayer. Couldn't care less about any of that stuff. And but I, that single player campaign, the you know grabbing a dude, putting a grenade in his chest, you know that was some Doom like ish that they were doing. And I thought that was kind of funny, and I thought it was kind of dope. But I'm like, what? Am I going to spend seventy bucks just to play a four, a four hour campaign? And, and I literally, that's all I would be playing. No. It's like, and no, I'm not. I, so I don't fall for the okie doke. <laughs> that's ex- exactly what it is, okie doke. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there was one thing I want to get your guys' opinion on this, the PS Plus collection that was announced too. I totally glossed over that on there, but uh, this is kind of different from Games Pass. They're just basically, if you have a PlayStation Plus membership, if you buy a PS5, you get uh, access to 18 different games at launch, and that is what Batman Arkham Knight, Battlefield 1, Bloodborne, Days Gone, Detroit Become Human, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, God of War, Infamous Second Son, Monster Underworld, Mortal Kombat X, Persona 5, Ratchet and Clank, Last Guardian, Last of Us Remastered, Uncharted 4, Until Dawn, and Resident Evil 7. So a lot of prior PS Plus games of the month repeats, but uh, still for anyone that wants to buy a PlayStation 5 if they're out from the PlayStation ecosystem if need be, they have access to all these games if they do get a PS Plus account and i thought that was a pretty good nice touch it's not a games pass it's just a nice little catalog of games that everyone will have access to uh if they do get a ps plus i thought that uh, was really cool actually yeah. to be completely honest with you, i thought that was really cool uh i thought that ooh, i thought that that would be something that just was like oh okay you know um um it's just it's just a nice kind of like addition. Like they didn't have to do that. I think it's great. Um, I am kind of wondering um, what that means. Like, like will these always be available, or will they have a, a specific time limit? Uh, they're always going to be available uh, as oh, okay. long as you have PS Plus, of course. So. Okay, because that was one thing I was kind of thinking about. It's like, is this only for a specific time? And then 
and then it's done and then you're like okay thanks bye you know or or is it a real kind of like you can keep this for a while like this is you know you can just have this done and it's yours thanks yeah and the only thing I could say about the whole spotlight is that I just kind of wish instead of just putting a bunch of trailers together <laughs> that they actually showed the system. They didn't show the system. I still don't know how the OS looks. I still don't know what the share button, the uh, create button now <laughs> versus the share button actually is and what it actually does. So, And then I'm not sure how back compat works, you know. I uh, know that they said that 99% of all games are backwards compatible, but, you know, I would like to see what features I have to select from the OS. And so there's a lot of little things I think they need to rectify by either releasing another video or at least putting some further information up on the PlayStation blog. And I'm assuming uh, that, you know, these are out in the wild, possibly with, uh, you know, people like Digital Foundry and the like and other tech-based uh, people on there to be able to go in and maybe spread the information a little bit more. But I kind of wish Sony proper w would take a more proactive approach uh, to getting some of the questions about the system out there. And then the mixed messaging on the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man Ultimate Edition with the Spider-Man Remastered. I was even telling you guys uh, on the day that the um, showcase came out that I wanted to see what upgrade uh, path are they going to offer for people that own the PlayStation 4 version of Spider-Man? And of course, we found out later that there is no upgrade path <laughs> per se uh, on that. It, it's either going to be included with uh, Miles Morales Ultimate on there that you'd have to buy. You There's no actually no way right now you could buy that game separately. <laughs> Even if you're coming in fresh uh, on there, you'd have to buy the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition to get Spider-Man remastered at the moment on there so there's a lot of you know back and forth i kind of feel that they should have got the messaging a little bit better there i think they got everything right as far as the price i think the showcase itself was great but uh, there's a lot of uh, questions still there's a lot of things to where i think uh, you know with this prior messaging we believe in generations and now flip-flopping it's almost like they're reacting to microsoft versus just doing their own thing in my and so now any opinions on my takes at least um the only thing i think about is you said you haven't seen what the interface looks like and you don't have no idea what 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 it's going to look like and 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 what the share button or the the create button is would you would you be all that disappointed if it looks if, if it's the same as as the ps4 like what what are you expecting it to to to, to do like like, I, I was kind of thinking about that. I was just like, like, would you expect? Because I honestly, out of all, out of all of the um, ones that I've seen, and by that I mean uh, the 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 three main consoles, you know, Nintendo, PS4, and uh, or the Switch, the PS4, and the uh, Microsoft, Xbox. I have, or sorry, X Xbox. I have to say that I think the the PS4, and maybe I'm biased because I play it the most. I feel that it is the most, um, it's the cleanest. I don't know something about it. You know, the levels going up and down, left and right. It's just, it, it just, it just works for me. And I and I don't know, like if 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 I'm biased or 
or what, but I actually just really, really like that. I like really like the way it looks and I'm just like, okay, you know, this is a really nice, nice look. So, yeah. um, and I think the second one would be, uh, the, the switch would be the second one. And I have no idea what's going on with, um, with, uh, uh, the Xbox. Like I, I just do not like it at all. Like I just, but that's just, again, that's just my, my take on it. So, um, who knows? Yeah, but my thing is, I just want to see more about the system itself. I just wanted to see more about the OS, and then I'm going to see it in due time because, obviously, I pre-ordered one. And in fact, I pre-ordered one for Kev as well. So we could kind of talk about our experiences because of that. Because uh, online, I mean, it was unknown. They said that they were going to put the systems up uh, the next day on there, and of course, uh, obviously. Uh, Wario 64 and all that business, uh, pretty much uh, the, the links started going live that same night, later on in that evening on there. And the internet was kind of blowing up a bit on there. And so uh, we were all communicating between the three of us and trying to see about who could pick up what on there and talking back and forth. And ultimately, it was like a struggle for like a good hour and a half, two hours, I believe, right? If I'm getting the time. <laughs> That's about Involved. that, because like, because like, it would pop up on Best Buy, then it would be out, out, and then it'd pop up again. Yeah, and that, then, that's, Best Buy and was thought about, freezing. And we, it was like basically, yeah. I, I got to my <laughs> cart at one point to be able to get to the payment method. After that, it was just dying, and so I was using both of my monitors. I was pulling up Wario 64, was bringing up the Resetera thread, and I was going to town. I I didn't want to give hmm. up the ghost. You did here. not. You were fighting hard, dude. You and I, the thing that was really kind of making it funny for me was we were <laughs> we were like, uh, and then you got a note that like what uh, Mexico was co- opening. We're like, okay, let's go to Mexico. Oh, Amazon Mexico, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, let's go to Mexico, and you're like, it's it's like a whole bunch of it's like like twelve twelve thousand pesos. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> we were like gonna start really to drive out. I don't know. It was just like. It was just funny to me. Just like I, it's just like okay, like we're gonna. I, I just I would feel bad for just the layman that just wants to go in, and obviously it's only the enthusiasts right now, and the scalpers, of course. But uh, oh yeah, the bots are just the. So, yeah, but the thing I, about it is, that I in a way I prefer that what they did because of the fact that they didn't get the people with the bots ready to go with a specific date and time on there, and of course you know we'll talk about a little bit further about Microsoft and Xbox. A little bit as far as the experience but they had a set time and a set um date that they're going to open up the gates and of course you know all the xbox fans were a little bit like you know see how sony screws things up and all this other stuff i know on gh radio i haven't listened to the episode that i'm not on but they were laying it hard into sony themselves because of the fact that these retailers were just opening up the gates when they opened up the gates. There wasn't coordination like Microsoft had. It wasn't Microsoft the same thing, though? Uh, in the end, yeah, basically it was the same. <laughs> so it's like, like, it, was, it was even worse because of the fact that people with bots had an opportunity to be able to prep them and get them ready. In fact, there was a number of bots that bought a bunch of Xbox One Xs versus Xbox Series X. Got to give it up to Microsoft for putting confusing... Uh, 
uh, naming conventions uh, on their That's systems. Awesome. Yeah. So. That's awesome. What should you but, get? He's going to wake up on Christmas morning with an Xbox One X when he's thinking he's getting the Xbox Series X. I mean, well, it's, it's, it's just uh, the scalpers <laughs> with the bots, so they're going to wind up getting a bunch of Xbox One Xs. <laughs> Uh, in their Amazon package, and it's like, oh, what are you putting up on eBay? Oh, oh yeah, Xbox One yeah. X. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. Aha. Uh-huh. The thing about the the release, though, um, I was checking out uh, Marlon Gaming. Marlon Gaming's a YouTube channel. Uh, he's actually part of the uh, Sony's official press group, uh, and that's a lot of the stuff that he was talking about. The problem, well, there's two points, and I, I, this is one. The one point is one that he talked about, and the other point is the one that, in, in my opinion, uh, 24 hours is really not a whole lot of time to give people to get give folks prepped. I understand why they did it because of the purchase bots, but at the same time, for for folks that have to try and work this out between work and you know, picking up kids after school and all this other stuff. I, I wish there would have been a little bit more time. Maybe not, don't give me a specific time, but give me a specific day. And it's got to be more than 24 hours. So I'll, I'll, that was the one thing that I think Sony could have done better. The other thing that happened, was, which was out of Sony's control, was that Walmart was the first ones to go live with their pre-orders. Walmart got got their uh, their initial ship their initial uh, pre-order numbers, and instead of waiting 24 hours to post, the word came from up above at Walmart said go live, and then when that had that was the first domino that fell, and that caused this chain reaction across all the other retailers because all the other retailers oh we don't we can't be left out nope. Throw your throw throw our pre-orders up. Forget this 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 planned release release date of tomorrow. We're just we're gonna you know like what was it uh, Bill O'Reilly? We're doing it live. You know, screw it. So that everybody threw their stuff up there at the end. The 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 per, the cause of the confusion was Walmart and uh, Marlon threw up the uh, like screenshots. Uh, someone had sent him screenshots of when uh, Walmart stuff had gone up, and he was showing it on his channel and relaying some of the information that had been shared to him uh, by people who are in the know. And I think you know it, it's it, it's messed. It, it it was it was one of those things that it was just kind of like that perfect storm for disaster. Bots buying up, you know, Xbox, you know, or or buying up PS5s. Uh, the scalpers asking for these things. That the scalper costs on eBay are absolutely ridiculous. Please don't do that. Please don't go to eBay and pay two, three, four, five, six, fifteen times the amount of the of the of, of the uh, retail cost. Because at the end of the day, it's not their, It's not like this. They're not going to make any more PS5s after this. You may not get one at launch, but you will get one eventually. It's not like they're never going to make any more. You know, so uh, there, there is that. Um, and I, I, 
I tell you, the, another thing that this that both of these launches showcased was that you've got multi-billion dollar corporations, multi-billion dollar retailers, Target in particular. Your website is trash. Best Buy, your website is trash. These, like Target was like, people were having, were literally having the, the thing in, in, like in their purchase confirmation. And it wasn't, and it wasn't let, it wasn't, it was, it was basically giving them false confirmations. So Target had to send out a whole bunch of recalls. And then what then with the second wave, Target was showing, oh yeah, the PS5 is available for pre-order. PS5 is available for pre-order. You click the pre-order button and it just the screen just freezes. Uh I had so you know, similar experiences with Best Buy, you know, getting as far as the as the cart, you're getting getting into your cart and not being able to to go ahead to the pre-order. And so the, if one thing that this has shown is that you've got these multi-billion dollar retailers, y'all need to up your, y'all need to up your, your e-commerce game, like for real, for real. Because <laughs> this, this was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the way that these, that these sites were performing and I mean, yeah, I guess you could say, well, you know, these are really popular products and, you know, they were hit by bots and they were hit by people trying to secure their pre-orders all at the same time. You know, who couldn't, how can, you know, how can they prepare for that? Well, here's the thing. Target is worth 60 billion, is a $60 billion company. There's no excuse. You you need to have your e your e-commerce prepared for those ultra high demand products that are going to hit they're going to that are going to be available that you are going to sell you you just have to be prepared for that you can't tell me that the that these multi-billion dollar corporations can't prepare for this type of thing so that's the only thing i that's the only thing i have to just say about this it was it was uh it was wild it was wild yeah, and I mean, say what you will, some people were able with the Series X pre-order to be able to secure one or a Series S. Uh, one thing I was kind of kind of being a little bit uh, disconcerting about was the um, the Xbox finan the um, financial plan, the thing the thing that your Xbox I, f I forgot what they called it. I'm trying to think of it, but I'm drawing a blank. I apologize. The um, Microsoft All Ac Xbox All Access, the $25 a month for the Series S or the 35 bucks for the Series X. Like literally everyone that was checking out that day, they did not have the time to one run their credit report to secure the financing to be able to get approved for that and then also to be able to check out with said line of credit. So so no one literally had any sort of uh, a way to be able to use the um, Xbox All Access to be able to go and purchase one of these consoles on there. Now, I, it seems like the people that were uh, behind the offering of credit to financial company uh, was starting to send out emails out to people stating that we apologize, but we were not able to, you know, approve your credit until now. And so therefore we're going to 
be able to get you a, either a Series S or Series X for you since you've been approved on there. And they're offering systems for everyone that wanted the um, Xbox All Access Pass, you know, the 25 35 buck a month option on that. So you kind of give it up to you know, Microsoft and their creditors that they have lined up to offer this All Access that uh, there is a... Uh, rainbow at the end on there that <laughs> they're able to uh, try to secure a system on there. And yeah, but I keep hearing folks say that if you do the that all access, you're actually paying less than you would if you were just paying for it all uh, out of cash, out of pocket. Like, uh, I like eat something like twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty dollars on the X, something like that. It just depends if that's part of the um, Games Pass Ultimate thing that's attached to that and paying full retail price for that. And obviously, if you work your way around, then you should be able to get Game Pass Ultimate for cheaper. So I'm not sure how exactly <laughs> how cheap it might be on that. So, and of course, uh, this whole thing, I don't know if any of you guys out there listening had a chance or tried to go pre-order in person, but... <laughs> Uh, Walmart's not doing any pre-orders in person uh, for any of the new systems on there due to COVID. Of course, I've seen some pictures from GameStop and, of course, lines with people with no masks on there waiting in line to queue up uh, for both the PlayStation 5 and also for the Series X. I know some locations only got like two Series X and one Series S. It just depends. But, you know, that's GameStop being for you. And then they throw up a bunch of bundles online where that's the only thing they're offering, like these $850 bundles with extra crap in them that you might not be able to afford. So, Yeah, those GameStop numbers were crazy. It's like people were posting, oh, we're only getting seven systems total, three Xs, you know, four Ss, or two systems, one's an S, one's an X. It's just, it was, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's that's basically the PlayStation Showcase. Uh, so, Kev, why don't you go and hit us off with your n news article? Okay, well, my news article is is going in about the uh, talking a little bit about the Nvidia's launch of their uh, 30 series video cards, and it's pretty much a disaster. <laughs> Not unlike the. Um, the console uh, pre-order launches, but uh, it's pretty bad. So, on the starting with just the delivery front, Nvidia did not have enough physical cards for the market. Um, I, a lot of people that I've seen, and I'm getting all my information from YouTube channels, particularly Paul's Hardware, Jay's Two Cents, and uh, Gamer Nexus. Those those three channels have been really been focused on the uh, on the Nvidia uh, 30 series cards launchings and also their benchmarks. So and that's going to be another thing I want to talk about in a second. Uh, also to another uh, to a certain to another extent, uh, Moore's Law is dead. Uh, that's that's also a great podcast and YouTube channel. He goes deep into the minutia of uh pc components consoles and, and games so that's another great channel you guys might want to check out but basically nvidia didn't have enough physical uh cards available 
I was reading posts about folks' experiences like at some of these micro centers where people were lining up. Somebody comes out, gives you a ticket. They don't tell you what. All they tell you is that we have 30, 30 series cards here. When you're, if you get, if your number gets called, you come up. Then they tell you what model, what 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 card is going to, what they what card they have. Whereas the 3070, 3080, or the 3090, they don't tell you how many they have. They just tell you this is what we've got available. You want to buy it or not? So basically, you could have wasted your entire morning, <laughs> you know, going to some of these, going to places like my, uh, what some of these people reporting for like Micro Center, just waiting for their lottery system because they weren't saying. So then, if that was no respect for people's time, no respect, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no respect for people's time. So that was Nvidia and third-party card uh, publishers just not having the physical inventory to get these cards out into the stores, into the Best Buys and Micro Centers, the what have you. So then you got that aspect. Then you got the same issue happening uh, that you have with the consoles, bots, purchase bots, scooping up all the online orders. Because these aren't pre-orders, the cards are ready to be, you know, they're in stock and they're being they're, they're being shipped out. Uh, well, I think the 3090 is, is was a pre-order because the 3090 is I think comes out in October. So so yeah. So but they weren't telling people it was the 3080 and the 3070 that were the physical cards. The 3090 was a pre-order because it's not coming out until October. Although a lot of people have them already. So that's a whole other another issue. But then you got the other issue with um, quality control. So this, I want to say, it broke on uh, this this pod this uh, website called Igor's Lab. They had been getting reports that folks's uh, graphics cards were sh- were crashing their systems, booting them back to the desktop out of the game. Uh, giving them like a black screen of death as opposed to a blue screen of death, a whole bunch of different issues. Well, uh, Jay's two cents talked about it because uh, he's the one that mentioned the Igor's lab uh, write up on it on their website. And Igor's lab was the ones that were the ones that believed that they figured out what the problem is. And the problem had to do with the power power supply or the power capacitors on the back of the at the on the on the opposite end of the GPU or rather on the opposite side of the GPU on the back plate. So basically there's uh, there's an array of six capacitors that deal with the power flow from your from your power from your power supply into the graphics card. And this this only comes into play when you're dealing with overclocking, which is what a lot of PC gamers want to do with their Vita cards and want to overclock it. So the capacitors that they use that NVIDIA kicked out for their base spec, and again, I'm I'm a lot of this stuff I don't fully understand. I'm not a tech guy, but these are tech people that break basically breaking this down for layman's like me to understand. So NVIDIA says, here is your base spec to reach this base clock speed you know this is these are the components that that are you going you're going to need uh talking about those third-party card suppliers this is what's on the base this is what this is this is what our reference our reference spec is so they kick that out to the third-party supplier so third-party suppliers see this and they say oh okay yeah we can get away with using these less expensive 
capacitors so that we can meet the MSRP of either the 3090 or the 3080, $700, $1,500. So we can, you know, we can meet that, that MSRP, shave off a little bit here so we can get this thing in at uh, the MSRP price. Problem is, is that when you're overclocking, those cheaper capacitors fizz out because it's too much power being pulled in when you're overclocking. Overclocking pulls in more draw from your power supply. And if you don't have the higher end capacitors to properly distribute that, you get crosstalk between your GPU and the power influx that's coming in. And the, the car basically, it doesn't fry, it just shuts down. It says, I can't deal with this. And it just kicks you out to your desktop, kicks you to a black screen, kicks you to whatever crashes your system. So <laughs> the messed up part about this is that, and, and you know, Jay was talking about this and he's like, you know, people are saying, well, NVIDIA needs to make this right. They need to do a recall. They need to get this stuff fixed. And he's like, well, yeah, it's going to be fixed. And when you look at in the, the reference card that NVIDIA themselves sell, they out of the, the six capacitor array, they have two of those arrays set up as the high the high quality capacitors. So their cards aren't doing this. Then they had Asus's card uh, on their 3080. They have like three of the six, uh, either two or three of those six capacitor arrays are the high end. So their cards aren't crashing, but all the others that were trying to, and, but of course their cards are, are, are outside of the NVIDIA reference. The the ASUS card is is more expensive than than the others. All the other third party companies were using those cheap capacitors, and those are the ones that are all frying when you apply any type of overclocking uh, through your BIOS to those to that to those graphics cards. So that's causing a whole other issue that NVIDIA is going to have to address. The problem is people want. NVIDIA to address it by recalling the cards and then sending them new cards with these better capacitors and what, what the tech industry folks are saying that's not going to happen what's going to happen is that NVIDIA is going to kick out a a firmware update that is simply going to reduce the amount that you can overclock this card to so that it stays within within the functionality of those cheaper capacitors it's still it and they're not they can't be sued because it meets the base minimum spec that they put out when you overclock something it's like well you're you're overclocking it beyond it's not technically what beyond what the car can do but as long as it meets the minimum spec then there's really nothing that folks can really can can legally have be able to complain about so as i understand it again I'm a layman. There's a whole bunch of stuff I'm probably leaving out, but basically, Nvidia is going to probably wind up down, putting out a firmware that's going to down, downsize the overhead of your overclocking ability for these 30 series cars, which kind of sucks for those that are that were really trying to push these things as far as they can go. And then there's the other the aspect of the comparisons between the 3080 and the 3090 again the 3080 is a $700 card the 3090 is a $1500 card 
the 39 and Nvidia has been billing the 3090 as a game, you know, the ultimate gaming card. But what it actually is, it is a card that really you're going to see the most benefit for workstations, for AutoCAD users, for people that are using like open source, you know, graphics. Uh, uh, folding at home, that type of stuff. That that's what that that's the type of usage that that 3090 is really going to is really going to help folks out. On the gaming front, gamer I know gamer Nexus was was showing a, a give or take 13% difference between the 3080 and the 3090. Again, 3090 is twice as expensive as the 3080. Um, other other gaming channels, uh, I think it was Jay's Two Cents. I think Paul's Hardware had some benchmarks where they are showing approximately a varying between a 10 to 11 percent performance delta between the 3080 and the 3090. Which basically, and I have to, you know, props to Gamer Nexus. They basically flat out said Nvidia is lying about the 3090s uh, gaming, you know, uh, performance. They said they use specific games like Doom. They use Doom Eternal, which is, you know, basically what they said is like Doom Eternal is so optimized, you could probably run it on a Tamagotchi, <laughs> you know. And uh, of course, yeah, of course that one's going to run great, but they were using non-NVIDIA approved games to run their benchmarks. And they were just saying, look, if you are buying a 3090, uh, to get the best of the best as far as uh, aspect as far as your gaming uh, overclocked or not, you're throwing your money away. And so that is that is something else that NVIDIA has, um, I would say, screwed the pooch over their marketing behind their high end graphics card. So a lot of the you know, none of these launches really went all that great. Uh, but NVIDIA is dealing with failure issues on their cards as well as straight up lying on their marketing for their high-end card. And, and as someone who is who is still planning on putting together another gaming PC, uh, not in the near future, but something you know, way down the line, uh, I've been kind of following the um, the NVIDIA NVIDIA's uh, announcements leading up to the 30 series cards. AMD Radeon, <clears throat> the Radeon graphics cards are supposed to be announced at the end of October, and AMD has kind of be throw, been throwing jabs at NVIDIA. There's like, yeah, they're saying that, yeah, our cards are actually going to be available for people to buy. Um, there are some, uh, some rumors that AMD is going to either meet or surpass the performance of the 3080 for less money using that uh, on that RDNA 2.0, either 2.0 or 3.0, I can't remember which one, which version of this it's going to use. But AMD has always been cheaper than NVIDIA components. And if they can out, if they can match or outgun a 3080, uh, which would also make it comparable to the 3090 based off the uh, independent tests from sites like uh, Gamer Nexus, uh they they're about they there is potential that amd is is probably going to really 
kick NVIDIA in the balls. <laughs> especially nice. if they can especially if they can put those physical cards if they have them in numbers enough to actually meet the demand where people can actually go to a micro center or a best buy and buy the card on release date if they do that it is for cheaper it's it's going to be a hard road to hoe for nvidia uh, at least starting out so that was a so I don't know if you guys have any comments about all that all that graphic card stuff. Uh, uh I had a little like I was just like like I was hearing what you were saying and I was like okay you know I I get I get what you know I get what you know Kev is saying. Um, I do think that it's unfortunate that they have to lie, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, it's well, it's not that they have to; it's that they did. Yeah. There are nothing they if they would have just marketed the 3090 the same way that they did the Titan uh for the generations prior to the 30 series car, the, the Titan was marketed as a work as a workstation card. Again, for people doing, you know, AutoCAD and, and open source, you know, game developers, you know, people that are in the the software development arena. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing. But they AMD specifically push this 8K gaming ready, and they're showing you know bringing all these people in to play Doom Eternal on these 8K displays. And what Gamer Gamer X is saying, well, look, it, Doom is just one of those games that is just super optimized to run on anything and everything. Uh, but when we they ran doom like like some of these other games at quote unquote 8k and he said there and he they ran the math and said that's not even true 8k uh you're getting like sub 30 with 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 all of the assets you know putting everything to ultra turning on the v, the variable uh refresh rates all that other stuff all those other bells and whistles on a whole bunch of games older and newer you are seeing like chugging frame rates you know ray tracing you were seeing frames like frames like at 28 frames per second you know 30 frames per second sub console you know fps on this these 3090 on these 3090 cars that are 1500 that they are pushing out as being the ultimate gaming card and it's like y'all are lying yeah <laughs> I was thinking about like how much are people getting ready to start like putting down money on this stuff, and I'm just like, Ugh. like that's that's not a good look. No, in the PC world, I think early adoption's a bad idea to begin. Oh, with. Oh yes, it is. You... Yeah, you're paying a lot more up front, and uh, you might get the uh, short end of the stick, quote unquote. You know, so you know, I would prefer just uh, you know, I want my PC upgrading and or my new PC rig to be as um, seamless and easy as possible, in my opinion. So, I agree. Yep. So yeah, that was rough. So that is my news bit that I had for for this week's episode. Cool. So, um, do we have any more from you, Desmond? No, that's it. Okay, let me go ahead and I'm going to talk just a little bit about a couple things. Uh, we kind of talked about uh, um, Bethesda and the whole Game Pass business, so we kind of want to talk about that, obviously. So 
Um, if you didn't know, if you've been under a rock, <laughs> um, Microsoft has purchased Bethesda for uh, $7.5 billion on there. So, and uh, they are bringing all of their uh, titles uh, to Games Pass at some point on there. So we're going to see everything in the Bethesda back catalog on there coming for both console and PC on there. And uh, Doom Eternal is coming out, I believe, on October 1st. On there, I know that uh, Dishonored 2 was supposed to be leaving Games Pass, but they said due to the merger that it's not leaving. It's staying home. <laughs> of course not. So, of course so. But we're going to see at some point uh, all the Bethesda back catalog, Skyrim, Morrowind, you name all the Elder Scrolls games, above and beyond, uh, will be part of Games Pass. Of course, they said that uh, they are going to adhere to the um, exclusives that Bethesda had in place with Sony. So both Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo will still be coming to PS5 in a time-limited capacity on there. That means once their time is up, they'll be on Xbox and be on Games Pass more than likely. So I don't know if that's going to stir the pot to have people just hold off <laughs> if need be, if they are Game Pass subscribers. On that, uh, future titles from the publisher are still going to fall under the Bethesda brand and will be published as such on that. But whether they come to platforms other than PC or Xbox remains to be seen. It's going to be on a case-by-case -case basis on there. I don't think Microsoft should leave money and or if they're for the quote-unquote gamers. <laughs> um, if a new Fallout or a new uh, Elder Scrolls comes out, uh, more than likely you're going to see... It, it would make logical sense, but who follows logic uh, for it to appear on other platforms, including Nintendo and, and possibly Sony as well on there. So, and my take on this, I mean, it's a good move. It's a very expensive move. You know, after this, uh, obviously we talked earlier in the show that there was rumors about them buying Sega on there. Obviously Microsoft is flush with cash. I know Sony, if they wanted to, but they're not in this game of supplying services, you know, uh, we haven't seen anything new at PlayStation now with the PS5. I almost wish they would kind of re-engineer it to let everyone know it's still available and will be on the PS5 dashboard, but that's not Sony's uh, MO right now to provide further information about anything. But uh, uh, what's your guys' take on this? I know, Des, I already knew your take from talking to you just personally, but uh, you know, if you want to reiterate your viewpoint for the listeners. I mean... You got to do big moves like we were talking about it a while ago. Like this is the big moves that they got to do to get people wanting to buy their systems. So I'm yeah. like, okay, like, yeah, we, this is what we're doing now. Okay. You know, I see you. Yeah. I see uh, you, um, I, I, but I'm not going to buy it day one. <laughs> like I'm going to wait until Starfield comes out. I'm going to wait until, you know, the new Elder Scrolls comes out. I'm not just going to be like, oh, you know, who, no, you know, no, you don't, you don't get paid for just showing up, you know? <laughs> you know, I need, I need like all. you know, you're at the table ordering off the menu, and it's like okay, but your meal's not going to come out for two to three years. So it's like exactly. okay, exactly. So I'm gonna need, a, I'm just gonna need a little bit more, you know. But this is the, this is a step in the right direction. So just you know, okay, I see you. I'm excited. I, I saw one take online, uh, the saying that it took 7.5 billion dollars to purchase Bethesda for them to get up to the comparable first-party offerings from Sony first-party. So it's like, 
imagine that you're just going to buy your way into being competent as far as releasing uh, a volume and and a breadth of different game titles. You know, so I just kind of found that take to be interesting on there. You know, they were talking about Sony creates. Microsoft purchases, you know. So. Wow, I mean, they're not lying though. They ain't lying. Yeah, it's <laughs> like they're they're really not. Uh, okay, here's here's the here's the deal. Here's the deal. You've got Microsoft that is trying to make this Game Pass thing profitable as of right now, at least from what last I heard from their last earnings call. Xbox is in the hole behind Game Pass. So on top of all this other stuff, you know, the fact that they're still trying to, you know, they're they're still trying to draw in more subscribers, they're still offering these deals. Uh, they slap on to this, there are 7.5 billion dollars more further in the hole trying to make uh, Game Pass uh, profitable, and that you know. On top of that, you know, they just added EA access into Games Pass. You know, that cost a pretty penny. So who knows how much how much in the hole Microsoft is. Now, you know, everybody says that, well, Microsoft is more money than God, so they can afford to throw all this money at us. They're like, well, your investors want to see a return on investment. And yeah. they want to see that as soon as possible. You don't get to be a, a, a trillion dollar company by wasting money. You know, it don't happen that way. Um, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting anything. Uh, 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 what is Bethesda to change? I'm not expecting them to change the way they've been doing things for their traditional content. Now uh, that means Elder Scroll, the Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, all that other stuff that they that that they they've been known for. Those traditional, you know, Western RPGs, those have to be available on PlayStation and on uh, on as many on Switch, on on whatever platform, whatever other platforms there may be, Stadia, whatever, because you cannot turn a profit offering those traditional games that have 30, 40, 50, 80 million dollar budgets by putting it on a service that you're asking for, giving you a year for a dollar. You're not gonna make that, you'll never make, you'll never make that money back. You're never gonna make that money back. So don't be surprised if Starfield shows up on PS5 or a variant of it shows up on the Switch. Starfield is gonna show up on Stadia or whatever Amazon is doing. Those games are going to be there now. What will be on on exclusive to quote unquote Games Pass is that Fallout 76, them trash ass games that they that they've <laughs> been bringing out, and that needs you to be plugged in and subscribing to. And we're gonna we're gonna give this to you in chunks, and we know that this is gonna be trash when it comes out because we're building something greater than the sum of its current parts. No, you're going to get those day and date exclusive on on Games Pass because again I I give you as case for evidence everything that these studios are going to be throwing out is going to be molded to the Game Pass model. Half-ass games that are going to be built over time to keep you plugged into a service. 
case in point, Halo Infinite. That, yeah. that's, what, that's what you're going to get. But those, those games that are currently in whatever stage of development, those traditional games that Bethesda is coming out with, you know, from Starfield, from Starfield on down, the next Elder Scrolls, if if it's a game that has not yet gone into a certain level of development, don't be surprised. Like say the next uh, the the what the next uh, Skyrim, don't be surprised if the next Skyrim is game is game pacified. Don't be surprised. If Starfield, if Starf, and I when I mean game pacified, I don't mean a traditional RPG put on Game Pass. I mean give it to you in pieces and chunks half-assed, throw it out there on the subscription to keep y'all plugged in. But those games that are in development under the traditional development model, at whatever stage they're at, they are going to be available for everything under the sun because Microsoft has to make up, begin the process of making up this $7.5 billion investment. Well, hopefully That's they just make... the way I see it. Well, if they do that, Fallout 76 was a shit show. Mm part of my French on there and they released it hot like you know it was just a cluster F basically and I don't think I want to see every game from Bethesda to be like Fallout 76 because that's not the way to do business so I'm hoping Get ready. Not, it's the case well it ain't breaking my heart or anything if that <laughs> happens this just means I'm going to wait till the games are actually done and in later on in the life cycle if need be if that's the case so Uh, you're going to see they're going to be you're going to be seeing and it's not just bethesda it's going to be all these studios you know all these quote-unquote passion projects you're going to see more bleeding edge you're going to see more uh uh uh, you know honey i shrunk the negroes (laughs) you're going to see all more of that type of game style that keep you plugged in releasing content over time that whole sea of thieves stuff I mean, again, if, if that's what you're into, then then Game Pass is where you want to be because you're going to get you're going to get over overflowed with that type of with that type of content. Yeah. But if you want traditional, complete games, you're not going to get it from these from these studios because they have to. You again, you can't get you can't give me Ruth Chris meals on a McDonald's dollar menu menu. You can't. There's no way to make that profitable. So you're going to have to dial that stuff down, give these people these chunk games that are going to be developed over time to keep people plugged in. Games as a service keep you plugged in, spoon feed you over time, and that's what all those studios are going to be doing because now it's no longer about Xbox. It's not even really about PC. It's about Game Pass. That's how they're going to keep you plugged in. I agree. So, but yeah, that that's that's you know, and, and I, I I've never been a Bethesda guy, really. I mean, I've I I thought I played what was that Doom 2018. It was fun for the first hour or so, and then it got boring because all I'm doing is just running around shooting demons in the face. Uh, I really liked uh, Wolf, the Wolfenstein remake. What was it? When did that come out? 2015, 2016? I yeah, really no. like 
Yeah, I really like that one. I have that one on PC. That game was phenomenal. And I'm not a first person shooter guy, you know, by nature, but I really like that game. The the other one that the follow up to that was boring as all get out. I, I just did not like that at all. I, I played. I put maybe two, three hours into it and I was like, I'm done. This 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 it just didn't it just didn't vibe with me the same way. Uh and I never did play Young Blood because if it's I'm like if it's like this if it's if it's like the other one, I have no interest in it. Oh, Youngblood was uh, Arcane Studios did that one versus uh Mich- trying to think Machine Games, I think Machine. was the main developer of Wolfenstein one and two, which is basically a splinter from uh uh, the same team that did like Chronicles of Riddick, uh, Starbreeze on there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, right. so yeah. If they're I doing just... a Wolfenstein three. I mean, I'd like to see where they go with it if, if need be. So, yeah, but you know, it's going to be interesting to see how all that all this plays out in Microsoft's Netflix of games scheme of things. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for my news. I think that's it for the news for the entire show, right? Yep. Yep, I believe so, which is going to lead us to contact. You can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. That's the email you're going to want to use if you want to respond to anything you heard on the show. If you'd like to actually be a part of the show and have us interview you to get your opinions out out to our listeners regarding the the games, gaming, and the gaming industry, We'd love to have you uh, be part of the magic. So you're going to want to send an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. Uh, social media, you can find us at Gaming Vessels on Twitter. Uh, also, I, I, you can contact us individually on PlayStation Network. I am Shonuff71. That's S H O N U W F, the number 71. Xbox Live, I am Shonuff071, same spelling with 071. On Steam, I am uh, Shonuff71, same spelling as originally, and uh, also on Twitter. Did I mention my Twitter account? I think I did. Yeah, I think I already mentioned. Anyway, that the Twitter is Shonuff71, S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71 also. No, uh, PSN is Shonuff7, same spelling. So, Dez, where can folks get a hold of you at? Yeah, you can catch me on uh, PSN and uh, the um, PSN and Xbox Live at uh, Nemo Tigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. And you can catch me on Twitter at the Nemo6, T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. Joe, where can folks find you, buddy? Okay, PSN and Steam. I am Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A on Xbox and you play because you know I love those Ubisoft games. Kaminagara six nine nine five. Twitter you can find me at Joe Fongul J O E F O N G U L. And then last but not least, my Nintendo friend code. If you want to add me, I haven't signed on to the system in almost two months. So if you added me, I'm sorry. Four seven one two five nine five three one four eight nine. I'm gonna rectify that this week. I promise. All right, folks. So that is going to bring Gaming Vessels episode 99 to a close. Next episode is going to be our big 100. Uh, was there anything that anybody wanted to mention regarding episode 100 before we we shut this episode down? Uh, no, just make sure that you are paying attention to our Twitter feed 
as uh or coming to our discord because we're going to be uh kind of letting you know hinting into a couple of things that you can expect from that uh episode 100 so please stay tuned uh and just kind of keep your you know eyes locked to our twitter page uh or our discord please join either one or please join the discord at least and uh and just keep your eyes peeled because we will have announcements soon Ready. Yep. And I like to add just at the end, just uh, for everyone uh, commenting on Twitter, both on my personal Twitter account and also on our Gaming Vessels Twitter account. Uh, thank you for all the well wishes and prayers and thoughts about you know me and my dad and all the situation I've been going through. I do apologize for you know. I'm I'm grateful that everything stabilized. I'm glad that we finally got a chance to record an episode. But uh, thank you everyone for your thoughts and prayers. I really appreciate it. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, we, I, you know, and just thank, thank, fo- thank you, folks, for listening. You know, the community that we have is, is there's got there's some really awesome folks in there. Everybody's awesome. So we definitely appreciate you guys. And with that, for Trader Joe, aka the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar, and Des the Bay Area Terror. I'm Sean of 71 signing off for this episode. We will be back next time with our big 100. And I'm saying thank you for joining us. Peace.